I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. I'm director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element hip hop, which is knowledge. I'm rightfully raised around a life of crime, snitches dropping dimes. I think of rhymes when I'm in a DITB state of mind. It's like those, uh, it's like those, you know, deep fried memes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I get, I get, I get. <laughs> we'll definitely talk about it, even though it's a mixtape, which I realised as soon as we picked the topic, I was just like, oh, it's a mixtape. All oh, right, okay. But well, I think, I think, we, I think we should get into it. Oh, um, for sure. Even though, we, even though we really do it, but um, yeah, I think, I feel like the um, that's a worthy exception. But before that, hi Ben. How's your week been? What have you been this week? Uh, well, rest in peace, Virgil. Uh, literally, as we we're recording this, um, we found out about his passing, and we missed out on saying rest in peace to uh, Young Dolph last week. So, oh God, man, so many rest in pieces. It's um, it's sad, like especially the fact that Virgil was forty-one, Young Dolph was thirty-six. It's just anyway, it's sad, man. So rest in peace to both those. Uh, those artists and uh this week this week i got into a few projects jamonte ogbon beautifully black eight tracks short sharp very hard hitting piece of music first track is a genuine jazz rap song and i felt like maybe this was the direction he was going to go in but it takes it right back to 90s new york like pete rock type production like even so this is a lot of late 80s in this late 80s strong lyricism strong vocals Great project. I'm not going to say much more. Say songs. I fully recommend people go listen to that. Remedy meets Wu-Tang. Now, I want to show my respect to Killer Priest. And I would love to do a Killer Priest episode one day. I'm very curious as to how that episode would go. He cleans the whole record up so stunningly with Noir Story. When you consider who came before him on this record, because that's the second last song. Before him on this record is Ghostface, Meth, Inspector Deck, Capadonna, Master Killer, Rizza, Conway, Shaheem, not to mention Remedy himself, and it's staggering to me how far ahead that song is than the rest of this record. But outside of that, it's a really good entry into the Wu-Tang collaborative sphere. I think Remedy has been affiliated with Wu for a very long time. He's a producer and a rapper, and he actually became friends with, I think it's Method Man, Inspector Deck, and Raekwon during high school. Um, I think of all the Wu affiliates... I like Remedy pretty top two, top three. Like, you know, Redman's obviously up there, but um, he's not on Redman's level. But I think this album is really compelling. The beats are really strong. They're strong enough to ensure that, you know, the lyrically dense and vocals and the lyrically dexterous displays that these rappers are giving us, as they always do, uh, is is adequately backdropped. And I think it's totally worth your time if you like Wu-Tang and you like the 90s. Uh, Nick and Nugby, the last pimp standing. Nick and Nugby is one of those rappers who I feel should be a lot bigger, and I don't really have any explanation as to why he isn't. 
except that he hasn't hit the lucky lottery yet. You know, the lucky lottery of picking up a management deal with some rando in a clubhouse room or however people get fucking found these days. I don't know how people get found these days, but he's hilarious. And that's essential to remember from the outset. Um, because if you go into a Nick and Ugly album, you're going to hear jokes. He has a really dry sense of humor that just cuts through the bullshit, man. Just cuts through the bullshit and the hubris. And uh, it's a good, it's a great project. On the opening track, he he blazes a path straight through a really hazy and dense beat. His flow on Metal Gear is really odd. It's really odd. It's like a Rubik's Cube. Uh, Lamb's Blood featuring uh, Zateb and Dallas K. Fire. Uh, meditation, I think it's, is it Meditation or Mediation? I think it's the song is called Meditation, the final song. Um this is amazing, man. This is amazing. It's a beautiful beat, really understated, but really lovely to behold. And Nick Anagbi sits way, way back in the mix and just lets it run out in front of him. If he did a whole project of that, it'd go wild. Like, it'd be like Rain in England by Lil B. And I really hope Nick Anagbi picks up some new listeners off this tape because Barcotics was his project prior and it was real fire. And I feel very safe recommending people go listen to this. And that's 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 the thing, man. Feeling safe to recommend someone go listen to something and knowing that they're probably going to enjoy it is is a thing. So it's consistent from Nick and Nagby. And Amalu, at least we have this. I think I pronounced her name correctly. I apologize if I didn't. I never knew where this four-track EP was going to go next. Trust Nobody like has this traditional R&B energy. Same Old Ways is a straight-up hip-hop beat. Uh, Amalu skates over the top of it. All I can say is a drum and bass absolute fucking banger. And the final track, Talk Choir, is a drill beat. And she sings like really beautifully and poignantly over. She's a British singer who blew up in 2016 with TBC. She also produces a lot of her own work. Uh, The music video for Trust Nobody is really just her in front of a grey backdrop singing the song. But it's really haunting and it really brings the song to life. And I guess that's a function of these EPs, you know, to showcase a performer who is wholly in command of any beat they appear on. I think of them similar to like the old mixtapes, like Cole's early tapes or even Elmatic by Elzai, where a rapper will jack beats and rap over them to show how adept they are in any kind of production. And to me, I think I'm seeing EPs as the new mixtapes, and this EP is great, really showcases her talent. So that was me, Charlie. What about yourself? Talk about it. EPs for the win, bruv. Mm. Yes, sir. Love me some EPs. Speaking of, uh, so uh, starting off with that, uh, ands all hours spelt just a n z. When was the last time you have listened to a uh, female producer uh, doing just straight up club beats? I'll wait because <laughs> I cannot tell you the last time I have heard that. Um, but yeah, man, she comes in with these six tracks, twenty three minutes, bangers, just absolute tunage. Uh, the, the first and sixth track are kind of just like, uh, just, you know, just, just lull points, just like, you know, to either get you in or to get you out of the project, but like in between there, it's just got a few tracks of just absolute tunage, proper ministry of sound shit, you know what I mean? Just like, uh, you know, you're just in this large club and you're just like, mm, tss, mm, tss, you know what I mean? Just big vibes, big vibes, big vibes. Uh, but yeah, man, that's just, that's a, it's a real, it came out of nowhere for me. I was just like, uh, oh, that looks interesting. And, uh. Yeah, just got some got some good oomphs in there, you know what I mean? Got to have some good oomphs in your in your in your diet. Aluya, uh, Aluya, I think that's how you say it. Aluya, A E L A L E W Y A, Aluya. Um, so she's um supporting Sims when I see her next month. 
Um, so I thought, well, she's just dropped an EP called Panther in Mode. It feels like a necessary listen. And Lud, Lud, I'm glad I listened to this. This is a tunage. It's absolute big tunes over here. Six songs, 20 minutes. Another EP for you. Um, she just has this ethereal uh, imagery uh, when she when I when I when especially when I listen to it. Um, it's just a <laughs> like you know you know that uh, you know that scene you know that dancing scene. If you guys have seen Matrix Reloaded, like uh, there's this big scene where like um, it's a, a intercutting of a uh, Neo and Trinity smashing. But there's also another scene in between where uh, it's just like everyone in Zion just basically like you know just dancing it's kind of like ministry of sound kind of vibes i guess but just like you know just shirts off getting sweaty um there's a lot of that in here like um just uh i don't know just real ethereal energy here uh here <clears throat> zuggy is a weird name for a song and the, and but the but just the deeper you go into it the more fun it is like you just you just you, you just get into it and you're just like you, your hips moving like in a in a certain way man it's just absolutely crazy um honestly just put put simply i can't wait to see this live like uh, just on top of sims like this would just be an absolute vibe to see live um yeah, it's just uh, some real, just uh, kind of you can black rockish uh, kind of uh, mysticism uh, coming through as well, uh, especially with something like Dragon um, and Spirit X. Like, yeah, it's just um, some real, yeah, real, real different, nice, nice and different. <coughs> uh, Swanking King Draft. Long story short, Jam the Records coming through with another one. Um, and yeah, you know, as I say for most Jam the Records, uh, records, records. Um, Come for the come for the beats and stay for the lyrics. You know what I mean? Because the, the you you just know guaranteed, regardless of who's on it, uh, you know the beats are going to slap. And the beats on here are just super jamla, super soul council. You got them. You got them fire drums. You got the nice bass going through them, and the samples are just on point as always. And then you know have Swank and King Draft doing their thing. Um, I remember listening to the. Uh, first album, things like two five to Jersey or something like that, and you know it's calm, it's calm. Like, um, but I, I just, and this is no like criticism to them, but it's just like, um, there's sometimes when you listen, excuse me, when you listen to an artist and you're just like, it's cool and that's it. You know what I mean? There's nothing that kind of wows you. I wouldn't call it mid because I won't class it as mid because those <laughs> that production is not mid. Um, so you know, it's 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 up, it's fine, it's cool. I just don't like listen to it um, fully. I was listening to it and I was just like, the lyrics are going by me. And I'm liking it, but it's not like sticking to me. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not like it's not. It's not sticking to my skin. It's like uh, you know, it's like it's like touching a nice fabric, but it's not like you know, you gotta have this carpet kind of thing. I don't know why. I'm... Weird imagery. If you if you, have anyone even bought a carpet? When was the last time you bought a carpet? Anyway, you know what I mean. Uh, and lastly, Rap Ferreira, uh, the light emitting diamond cutter scriptures, amazing name, but annoying the fuck out of me that the 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 at the start of it has no capitals um, on the T. Yeah, every other word does. Like, why would you do that to me? Um, I I I can't I don't I can't I can't pin down <laughs> like Rap Ferreira at all. I really can't. I asked Ryan about it. And he was—he hasn't listened to it yet, and he's like the you know the the rap forever guy, um, and you know I I just I just I was listening to it, and you know there was, there was a couple of times where I was just like in and out, um, and the the lyrics are just very just dense, but I'm not really sure if there's actually anything to them half the time, 
Um, I'm sure there is, and I'm just and it's all just going over my head. Maybe it's just one of those things where it's just all going over my head, and I'm just being an idiot, and I'm not reading them. You know, looking deeper into it. Probably not. But honestly, this this kind of like begs a conversation at some point uh, about like density and whether it's whether it's worthy of um whether you know that first listen needs to be you know a real hook you know what i mean um i wouldn't say this album really hooked me probably not in the way purple moonlight pages did which actually did in some way um i was you know i had that on my i think i had that on my shortlist for album of the year at that point um so you know i enjoyed it that i enjoyed that particular album but i can imagine as someone as a creatively uh impossible to box <laughs> as an artist as rap Ferrero. um you know it's, it, you ain't gonna do the same thing twice you know what i mean so uh you know there's, there's some there's some nice jazzy hits here um in in the production um and then there's a couple things that just kind of wake you up in in the in a way that just like okay this this is a weird thing happening why is this happening um and yeah in the middle of all that he's just like you know going places and then not going places and then he's over here now it's just like okay he he mentioned he mentioned a photographer called Ansel Adams which is a name I haven't heard of since like photography in year 10 and I was like what was I was, I was all then 14 <laughs> so he's he's named he's he brought me back to like 10 years ago for uh 10 uh you know just gcse photography um out of nowhere so i guess i'll thank him for that uh, <laughs> but yeah apart from that uh, don't come to me if you want to know what uh the di- the light emitting diamond diamond cutter scriptures uh means as a concept um i am not the guy I can't help you. And with that said, we should hop into our uh, topic of this episode. And it is the... um, I will say this just off the bat, honestly. Um, I feel like one of the purest lyricists I have ever heard. um, Just in pure bar examination. You know what I mean? Just like, here's some bars for you. I'm just going to go in. Um, Never leaves anything off the table. Um, And... You know, I think creatively he does something in concepts as well. In the you know, in the work we're gonna, in some of the works we're gonna talk about, uh, I think there's some good, you know, just uh, conceptual stuff inside of the albums themselves, and uh, hopefully we'll explore that bit. And we're definitely gonna do. Um, we, we decide. We decided this literally before we recorded. We're definitely playing that game that we play sometimes, where we just pick a pick a song off each album and just like drop some bars from from them because it, it's it's when we do that, for those that haven't heard us do that before, <clears throat> the reason why we do that, and you'll get it in a, you'll get it when we get into it, is because whatever song we pick, there's going to be bars on it. <laughs> it's it's impossible. For, he, he, there's no there's no misses on the bar front. Okay, so we we will find something guaranteed. Ben gave me "Blinded by the Frickin' Lights by the Streets," bro, which is not exactly dense, but I found, but I found it. I found the bars. Okay, <laughs> it happened with the streets. We did it. A few, we've done it a few times now and again, but we're gonna do it properly this time. Guarantee that. Um, so yeah, and uh, yeah, I think, that, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, just one of the most um, I think overlooked lyricists, um, and honestly, got me thinking about. Um, a certain conversation Ben has been having with uh, the Twitter streets recently, but we'll get to that in a DRTD Bytes uh, whenever we do that next uh, sometime next year. So with that said, 
What have you got for us today, Ben? We're going to do that on the 35th of February, man. Fucking the one out of that conversation. <laughs> so, when I started thinking about this episode, <laughs> I didn't think there was much... I didn't think there's much in it. Look, I'm going to I'm gonna put my cards on the table, man. I don't. I didn't really like Elzai much as a rapper prior to this week, at last week. I didn't really like him. I felt... Yeah. Whilst a lot of people say he's one of the most underrated MCs in the game, I didn't see it. And one of the biggest reasons for that was because... I mainly knew him through Slum Village, and I don't like the lyricism mm-hmm. on a lot of Slum Village's stuff. You know, I just don't. You know, we talked about it last week. I don't fuck with a lot of the lyrics on those stuff. Um, just it's just not for Clip. me. And I think the narrative of this episode is when artists brush with mainstream fame. And there was an interview with All Hip Hop on Off Rip. They asked him immediately why he isn't a mainstream force, and he said his social media game is poor, and the fact that he's doing music with no cosign on an independent label. Now, I didn't feel like it had to be this way, but maybe it did, because in another interview with Hard Knock TV, he speaks of the first time he met Eminem through Proof uh, on the phone, and this was early, like really early, like well, I think it must have been 97, 98, 99, and the interviewer asked why Elzai wasn't signed to Shady when Eminem created it. The interview was like, you're perfect to be the first artist to sign to Shady. Elzai just shrugged it off, and... Why wasn't he signed to Eminem? I don't understand that because this was prior to SV. Now, Elzai began rapping at the age of eight. Uh, he was inspired by Ice Cube, Slick Rick, and especially Rakim, he said. He said he'd lie on the floor with his ears to the speakers and ingest Rakim's insane technique. Uh, he'd study it and then try and learn from it. Now, the underlying story of Elzai is his love of the technical side of hip-hop, which comes out in his unbelievable dexterity as an MC. We'll get into it. Um, unbelievable, man! Unbelievable. Now, Elzai has always been a wild lyricist. I'm not going to go to like his his previous stuff, like his his early life. You know, he's inspired by hip hop, and it was a hip hop shop. It was the hip hop shop in Detroit uh, that we've spoke about with Slum Village, and I'm sure we'll speak about in the future because it is a melting pot of just talent, and that's where he met uh, Lax, Big Tone, in '87, and they formed the group The Breakfast Club along with Dwele, Dwele, Dwele. Dwele, sorry, uh, who was around Big Tone at the time. And he actually said that the very first night he opened the door to the hip-hop shop, he said Obi Trice was on stage just spitting absolute venom wearing army fatigues, and he knew that that was where he was going to spend a lot of his time. And he's always been a wild lyricist, so it's natural that collaborators would gravitate towards him. And one of these was DJ House Shoes, who helped him create his debut EP, which was unreleased until like 09. Uh, out of focus yeah (laughs) yeah um a lot of people reference uh out of focus as being fucking world ending and it is like i truly believe this is where elzai found his focus in drive and i look at it in the same way that you know it took jay-z's experiences of being turned down by labels when he was trying to shop his first deal that put the battery into the back of his technical ability and i think it took these sessions with house shoes and dj magnetic to give Elzai his unique selling point. And this is the key. I think this is the key part because you can be a technically brilliant MC, but if you have nothing to say, you're not really going to go anywhere. And Elzai said this to The Find magazine. He said, we were just going in there experimenting. These are songs which the world will probably never hear because we were just trying to figure out what kind of tone we wanted to use on the EP. The EP kind of really came out of, came about when my mum passed and that got me kind of in touch with my personal side of writing. So you know from there I just wrote about everything that was personal. I wrote about Bugs who had passed away, uh, who actually was supposed to come to my crib and write a verse with me 
on the day that he passed. So there's two things in there. Bugs was part of the original D12, and he passed away in the late 90s. And Elzai's mum, I think in 98, she passed away, might be 97. And he said that, we'll get into it later, but like that was a catalyst for some of the worst mental states he's ever experienced. Now we look at his discography, right? And we see 1998, Out of Focus, was meant to drop. And then his next solo project wasn't until his mixtape, Witness My Growth, in 2004, which is six years later. And that's a mixtape. And this is what Elzai said, life was getting in the way. At the time, there was still isn't any outlet for music here like that, like New York, like California. So yeah, we're in the process of mixing it and everything. But what's really interesting is that before Dilla passed, House Shoes ended up giving the dats just everything that recorded that we recorded it on it to Dilla. And Dilla was going to remix the whole album before he passed, but he got sick and he wasn't able to do it. Now, of course, Elzai's career with Slung Village began in earnest in the early 2000s. After The Breakfast Club dropped a project in 2000, which was self-titled, Elzai worked with, uh, well, he linked up with T3 through the mutual friend that we spoke about last week, uh, Wajid, and initially T3 came on to manage Elzai's career, and since Dilla had left SV, T3 decided to put Elzai on some tracks of Trinity, and that actually led to him officially becoming part of the group. He was not officially part of the group until after Trinity. It was the response that Trinity got and Elzai's lyricism got on that that that, uh, prompted them to put him in the group. Now, Elzai's solo career never really took flight, and I think, and I will argue, I don't know if I'll argue this, but I think that it was his collaborative work that stunted his solo growth, and I think you could look at it two ways. You could argue that Elzai was able to hitch a ride with one of the greatest artists in history in Jay Diller, as well as ensuring a really diverse fan base by pairing with T3 and linking with Dwele on and Co on Breakfast Club album. But on the flip side, you could argue that Out of Focus was brilliant and built up a lot of buzz. And if he came back and actually released it back then, the late 90s, and then moved on to his next solo project and leveraged that buzz into a fan base, maybe we wouldn't have had to wait a full decade for his debut solo album and maybe we'd be having a different conversation right now. And you could also ask why Elzai never truly hit as a solo artist when he had one of the greatest producers of all time in the studio with him. And this is playing devil's advocate here. Like, I'm not... I'm curious as how this episode's going to play out. Um, and I do hope we answer those questions as it goes. And I think we will. I really do think we will because I just want to set it up in that way. Because if you look at the landscape when he dropped his or he was recording his EP, he is immensely talented, immensely talented. And yet it took 10 years to get his debut album. And I'm curious as to how that plays out. <coughs> So do you want me to ask that now or I mean up to you if you want to, if you have a if you have a thought on it, I'm down. Drop me the question again. Uh like let me find it here. Um I mean do you think that Elzai's lack of solo success was because he just he was never gonna hit, or do you think that it was because because <laughs> I mean like listen to it, like he was working with Jay Diller. Okay, he was working with Jay Diller. Jay Diller turns everyone into superstars, right? So my thinking is the reason that his solo career never took off was because he was working too much in collaborative projects during the 2000s. And I think that if he hadn't have done that, I think that if he had have uh, released his debut EP and then released a debut album early solo, we'd be having a completely different conversation about Elzai than what three three solo albums in you know 12 years, 13 years. 
Uh, I feel this just requires a lot of um, uh, <laughs> mind reading, because um, as we as we as we're gonna evidently find out, uh, he's not one to. I guess a run out of bars, right, on that front, where it's just like he, he, if he, if he probably wanted to, he, if he wanted to, he probably could have dropped like you know, a, you know, a, t- a tape a year or whatever. Just um, and you know, past it, we're only getting into the albums and the one mixtape because that one's fun, um, you know. But he also had the projects before, uh, uh, projects and EPs before that, and obviously all the Sun Village work. So it's not like he's lacking a catalogue, right? And I'll and I'll, I I want to briefly push back on that Dilla point as like he makes people stars. I'm not sure about that. I think I feel like most of the people he collaborated with were either established or just like yeah. I, I, Except I don't know. SV. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, because that was just from the ground up, wasn't mm. it? So yeah, but I, I feel like everybody else had like a footing in some place. Maybe mm. he upgraded them, like in mm-hmm. the Far Side's case with Lab Cabin. But apart from that, I don't. I feel like you know, obviously, Common was you know there, you know, D'Angelo, whatever, you know, whoever you want to pick. I feel Mad Lib, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, and you know, even like you know, uh, like Frank and Dank, for example, right? You know, they were there, right? It was they, they were there all throughout. Uh, Welcome to Detroit, specifically. Um, it didn't make them, you know, stars or anything. They're just like you know, part of the Dilly universe that we talked about last week. Um, so you know, I'm not. I'm not I wasn't saying that. I, I, I don't want to say that. Like you know, the fact that he had Dilla there was like you know a meal ticket. Um, and like you and like you said at the start, like he basically you know could have been the first guy on Shady, and that would have been something that would have been of note. Um, but he decided not to. So clearly, there's an essence of just like I just want to rap. And I just want to, if I do have anything, I want it to be on my own terms. That's what I glean from that. I don't know that for a fact, right? But that's just the tone I get. When you deliver three studio albums in 12 years, there's clearly an element of, in my mind, not clearly, but in my mind, there is an element of thought that I either I, it's either I want it to be right or i'm not right to do what uh to do it or yeah or i haven't experienced enough life you know people well, there, some people there's of, reasons. Of that nature there's, so. there's extenuating yeah. circumstances that we'll get into my my thinking yeah. is more like because once he once we get to 08 in the preface and then there's reasons why he doesn't drop very often in the 2010s my thinking is like prior to that like you know what i mean like from 98 okay, to right. 2008 that's the period where i'm like he was at his creative uh, peak during that period. He was he motivated. I know, but like, does that mean that? Do you think that that was like a wasted career then? Because like, he was on like two albums on SV, three albums, and then they just cut him. Like, that sucks. I, but, I feel like that sucks. Yeah, I guess. But you know, he had he had mixtapes still. Um, you know, that that's, that is what it is. Um, so. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I don't. I feel like I don't feel like it's wasted on a. You know, waste what? Mm. Um. You know, like 
youth like maybe i don't know <laughs> that's for him to decide but like you know, i don't i don't feel he's, he's still barring so i don't it's not like he's lost anything it's not like he was better in 06 than he is in 2020 so um yeah I, I, I don't know i feel like you know there's enough like catalog for him to be in uh maybe and you know like i like i said for something of the nature of trinity i feel like trinity would have worked if uh uh, if I wasn't there, um, especially for the concept they were trying to get with the past, present, and future stuff. So, you know, uh, I feel like he fulfilled a need on that front. Um, yes, unfortunately, they cut him, I guess. But, you know, maybe wouldn't have gotten the preface at that point. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's just a, uh, I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like there's anything to be sad about there, mm. I guess. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, like, do you oh, no, I was like, didn't drop an album until I wait. Oh, well, he has three Sun albums, I guess, and a couple of, of mixtapes well, if we want to get into that. So, you know, there's well, yeah, stuff there. There's okay. stuff to eat. Well, there's let's food. see. Let's see, because we'll get into the meat of the episode mm-hmm. now, because I think I'm going to make a point at the end based on around that, and um, I want to, okay. like, I'll make it at the end. But So we get the preface. Okay. Uh, so in 08, yep. things had changed markedly for Elzai. He was about to leave Sun Village after touring the world with them. He was not on a major label, but he had a genuine buzz and energy around his career. And this all came off the back of him leaving SV. And we know now how deeply Elzai has fought his mental demons, right? And how much the issues with Slum Village impacted him. In an interview with XXL, he spoke candidly about what he felt happened. And we discussed it a little bit last week. But the issues clearly are that he felt like RJ Rice wanted him off the Villa Manifesto album and used T3 as the tool to remove him forcibly. And he told an interviewer, I forget where I heard it, but they, they asked him if he forgave T3. And he said once he realized T3 was just the vessel through which the orders were transported, he could forgive but not forget. And he said this to XXL, I got new management and what happened was it was a shock to the label. Uh, they just couldn't take the fact that I had new management. And just from that, as far as I could tell, they overreacted and it got to the point where we were all on a conference call and my new management asked to see the paperwork and the contract from E1 and RJ Rice didn't want to show us. And so in a Vibe interview of 2016 in which he spoke about his mental health, he said that since his mum's passing in 98, the weight threatened to overwhelm him at every opportunity, but he kept it at bay by constantly staying busy touring, recording, working with SV, working on his solo records. And when things went with SV went sour, the whole thing enveloped him and threw him out the other side. Now, Elza had dropped a, a tour CD called Europass right after his breakup with SV and right before the preface. So this was meant to like support him while he was going on a tour, I think, obviously through Europe. It's called Europass. Now, Elza said he sold it to a place in Germany who put it online and it actually spread. It went viral. And the buzz it built was rapid. It was a rapid buzz that came off this um, this tape. So it tied his hands, and he said he had to capitalize on that success immediately. So he had three weeks to write and record the bulk of the preface. Now, luckily, he had Black Milk beat tapes, and he said that Black Milk was recording his own record. So Elzai actually had to go through old beat tapes from Black Milk and find things that worked. And Elzai said this about the theme of the record. He says... It's just the beginning to my story. The thing is, you've got a lot of two-dimensional, you've even got a lot of one-dimensional MCs out there. And by there being mm. so many two-dimensional and one-dimensional MCs, people kind of want to put you in a box with the first thing they hear from you. So, you know, obviously, he even says in there, oh, you know, people listen to Slum Era and they're like, he does girl songs or he just does concepts. Um, 
so this is this is how Elzai won me over, and this was my reservation at the start. I didn't feel like he had other layers to his artistry, and I was part of that category of, oh, he just does SV type songs. Um, I just like you know, I I thought he just did songs for guys who thought they were actually making songs for girls, but I was wrong. The preface is a great project, and it shows showcases all sides of his artistry, and it, it just made me really excited to what to hear what he had to say next like this was this was a, a great listen to me yeah it's a good um it's a good start lyrically definitely uh considering the story you just told about black milk and the b tapes and uh, and i can i can gather that that makes sense to me now because when i was listening to it i was thinking oh wait but i was also thinking oh four oh two how far back are we going with these beats? Because <laughs> I haven't felt, because I haven't felt just a, you know, just a little bit, little bit, uh, a few years, a few years from then. It didn't seem oh seven, oh eight, but mm. uh, that ma- that makes sense now, considering that uh, he just, um, you know, just went through Black Milk's uh, vault, so to speak. Um, but with that said, uh, I think it's very cohesive. Um, definitely, as a project, um, I love the, a thing that I really love about. Um, Detroit in general and Detroit hip hop is the fact that they're all on each other's stuff. I really just love that camaraderie they always have um, for you know since the nineties. Uh, you got Royce on here on Motown Twenty Five, and he does well on that. Um, yeah, and I want to uh, before I continue, um, it's weird that you said uh, Elzai sound like um, what did you say last last week? Oh yeah, he sound like Eminem. Mm. Bro, he sounds like Royce to Five Nine to me sometimes. Yeah, honestly. no, I was thinking like, the same they thing. Sound so similar. I don't know where yeah. I got the Eminem thing from because I definitely don't think he sounds like you said it was... pre. You said pre Infinite, so I don't pre. Know. Well, no pre pre or ra- around um, Infinite. Pre around some, Infinite. Yeah, yeah, Infinite. He sounded a bit like Infinite Eminem, which is. Yeah. I'm not going to say that Eminem had a distinct sound on Infinite. He even says himself he sounded like Nas. And so when I said that, I didn't necessarily mean he bite. He was biting Eminem more. No, Because Eminem, by his own admission, said he sounded like a lot of other artists. I just felt like he sounded like a Detroit MC. And you're right, yeah. man. I got so much Royce vibes from his so vocal tones. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um you know, the fire remix is probably like the you know, the well, obviously the posse track. Um, you know, you got Black Mill, Danny Brown, Danny Brown in 08. If uh, huh, oh, fucking hell, it's great. It's crazy. I, I can't wait to do a Danny Brown retrospective one day. That's that, gonna that be amazing. Was, yeah, okay. that's, gonna, that's gonna be absurd. <laughs> um, I got stats for uh, that too. F- yeah, Fat Ray, Fat Father, and Gilly Simpson, who I also find fascinating as a as an artist and the brief couple of projects i've heard of him and obviously t3 as well on savior and uh fat cat and yeah there's a few others um but yeah it's a it's a solid it's a solid um i guess debut album you know just as, as debut albums go um i wouldn't say it's his best project by a mile um but you know it's a very solid piece of work i really love tracks the, the best tracks from elzai always the really deep ones in my mind and you know that's not the case for some people um but you know when you Okay, can we do the can we do the pick <laughs> the track pick thingy? Yeah. Uh, forgot, let's, let's, do, let's do that. So I'm I'm gonna oh, fuck. I want to reference uh, I want to reference um, talking in my sleep, but I forgot we were going to play that game. So, um, but let me reference talking in my sleep anyway, because I just really love how, um, uh, you know, it, it literally just mentions his uh, was my mother in sick and health like in the start of the first verse. So you just knew he was gonna go somewhere with it. Um, and it just gets deeper and deeper. It's uh, it's absolutely absurd from a lyrical perspective of just where he goes on that. It's just very, 
very vivid in its imagery. Um, it, yeah, it's kind of it's, it's really it's really fucking harrowing <laughs> um, uh, to get to get into when you really read it and listen to it at the same time. You're just like, fuck, man, he's he's getting some deep shit. Um, and there's always that one track on these albums. Uh, 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 I feel I feel like. Um, but yeah, um, anyway, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give you what I write, track 15. On the first, okay, what I write, track 15. Okay, I will give you, hang on, I'm just getting it up. Brag yep. swag. <laughs> you just like the name or? <laughs> I know, I just like the name of Brag swag. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, some good stuff on here. Good stuff on here. Mm. Yeah, no. So you want to go first or should you want to do that? Yeah, let me just... I'm just uh, doing a bit of scrolling here. There's got to be something here. Okay, Is I'm going to go midway. I'm going to go midway in verse one here. Uh, I'm just going to give a few... Uh, not the whole thing, but let me give a few here. <clears throat> um, expert through the less dirt, but, my, but still my tech squirt. I don't like the word squirt in rap. I don't know <laughs> <it always> comes. <laughs> it's fine in here, but I just when I hear squ- a rapper say squirt, I'm just like expecting something nasty. Um, bucked, then it gets tucked in like just like a dress shirt. Been a beast in a winter fleece, now for your dinner feast. With a pen unleashed, if there's a priest with inner peace, quick to lead, stick chicks of the thicker breed. Get fricasseed with trigger speed. You puff a nigger weed. I buy a hundred hundred dollar bags, Cadillacs, Impalas, Jags. Yeah, I show you how to brag while the hours drag. Spit quotes that slit throats. Oof. Bet it could split boats. Oh. Get boats off shit road. I'm the legit goat. Oh, just stupid. Absolutely absurd. Bro, <laughs> that's wild. I mean, I'm just going to go off. That off. one line, bro. Spit quotes that slit throats. Spit, spit quotes that slit throats. Oh. Oh. Nice, nice. I'm just going to go off off top because it's amazing. He says, Sometimes I write about the streets and how life is, is expiring, mainly through a choir then. Neighbors inquiring, hearing shots firing, police sirens, been in car chases. I've been in Scarface's tire and snitches perspiring because they wear in wires when they know they can be killed by who built the street empires and it's hard to get a job because ain't nobody hiring. And more people get laid off than retiring. I write about the liar, the preacher with the choir and the church who didn't soul search and never was the desiring. How money's inspiring, the youth in the environment just trying to get a flyer than the elders they admiring. Don't want to be a fireman because the dealers get you high and spend dough, buy a Benz and furnish the entire den. Look into my eyes again, see it for yourself. See the jewel is for your brain, the G is for your wealth tough super tough jesus all right fire man um do you want to get into elmatic yeah let's do it now i don't like the project and the reason i don't like the project is hot take no one in human history is touching nas's performances on elmatic so when i heard (laughs) these beats which are fire by the way and they are reimagined by Will Sessions. I'll talk about that in a sec. I just want to go listen to Illmatic again. And I think that's okay. I don't think that's slander. I don't think that's like hate. 
I think that's a normal reaction to have. And I think I might, you know, I don't expect other people to have the same reaction. So it's just a personal quirk of mine that I would prefer to go listen to Illmatic. Now, the reason why I think this music can be released commercially is because Will Sessions has recreated the beats rather than outright sampling them. So yeah, man, wild, right? They're actually great. They're actually really fucking great. They're actually... I don't like the extended outros in a lot of them, but aside from that, I think... Oh, I love those! Uh, oh, kind of like oh they're so... Oh, I love them. On mm. the World is Yours, the keys? Oh, come on, bro. That's fair. Look, it, it oh, wasn't for me, the, but One like, Love as well. Oh, it wasn't for me, but a... I, I fully understand why people would absolutely love that. Oh, um, I melted. So in an interview with Popkiller TV, uh, as I said, the main goal with Elmatic was to pay homage to a classic and put the youth up on yeah. an album that they may not have heard. And he credits his team for getting in front of enough Which eyes. Which is wild, by the way. <laughs> Bro. I mean... I mean... <laughs> I mean, that makes sense now. It's pre-social media. Right. <laughs> it's pre-social media. Like, back then, uh, you know... Uh, it was harder. It was harder. It was harder to I discover know. music. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I think it's fair. Nowadays, if you haven't listened to Illmatic, I was about to say Illmatic. I'll, I'll take um, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word. No, nah, it was it was it was harder. But um, okay, Fantana reviewed it, you know, and, and the videos for Halftime and it Ain't Hard to Tell blew up, picked over five hundred thousand views back back when YouTube was not big, you know. Uh, none of us really knew what the fuck YouTube was back then. I'm serious when yeah, I say 2011 that. Twenty eleven was pretty pretty fine. Like, it was all, but it's nowhere near ubiquitous the way it is now. Like it was, not, it was cool. Like, you know, it it came was out cool. in 06. Bro, you couldn't even so, watch you know. videos on your phone back then. You couldn't even watch videos on your phone back then. You had to be on a freaking desktop. <gasps> what phone did you have in 2011 that you could watch videos on? I mean, me personally, I didn't shit, have bro. shit. So, so saying about, let me think. This so it's ten years ago. I had an E71. I had a what you have? An e- Nokia E71 with the fucking full keyboard on it and the tiny little <laughs> pixelated screen. Let me up. And I have shit. I had that. It was a Nokia <laughs> Blackberry ripoff. Yeah. Yes, sir. The blo- uh, oh yeah, the Blackberry things. Yeah. So this is the time when Blackberry was the shit. Yeah. Everyone in my school had a Blackberry Curve, Blackberry Bold, all that shit. I was so I was so jealous of everybody. Never had that shit. I had like some Samsung uh fucking like slide up phone. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Fucking, uh, I don't know what brand of a particular element it was called, but yeah, it was just like a classic. There we go, yeah, one of those fuckers. Um, yeah, just just slide up, you know what I mean? A couple of buttons in the middle, like yeah. A A O one. There you go. That's a good example. It's probably not the same exact one, but yeah. Okay, yeah. I wasn't watching. Yeah, but then again, I did have an iPod Touch around that time, so that's when I was watching YouTube videos. But um, yeah, I get what you mean. It's not common. It's not common. But Elmatic was a force, and it came right in the middle of his debut album and his next LP. And during this time period, the phone thing, yeah, yeah, two minutes of classic (laughs) phones. Yeah, we need to do a podcast on that. Fuck doing Doja Cat as a rapper and Lil Nas X as a rapper. We'll just do the the old school phone episode. during this time period, Elzai was hardly flooding the market with music. He We got his work on Villa Manifesto in 2010, which we now know is heavily reduced from what he recorded. Uh, the Leftovers in 2009, um, Out of Focus EP in 2010, which is a re-release of his debut EP. He was in pain, and whilst this becomes really apparent on his next project, 
He did speak about how it impacted him with Elmatic. He said, it was too much and it got to my spirit and then I did Elmatic and I couldn't even enjoy that moment. Like going on tour and kicking with people who were enjoying the record and testimonies about the record and how they felt about it, it was very much appreciated, but I wasn't there. I wasn't in the right headspace thinking everyone, everything was okay and it wasn't. And there are bits and pieces on Illmatic uh, about this. Uh, ain't hard to tell. He ends it with, I thought I fell. And he told Thrill Call this about that lyric. He said, I'm referring to the transition after the storm of all the slum village stuff went down. I'm speaking to people who are shapeshifters that front like they're your best friends, but they're not. Um, he gets, gets in even more detail after that. It's very, you know, very intense. He's still very upset about it. And, um, you know, look, I grew up in the era of mixtapes. I'm going to shoot myself some bail. Uh, I grew up in the dedication series, S. Carter collection, Memphis Bleak tapes, Lloyd Bank tapes, Obi Trice rapping over Wash It Throne beats. Um, not the original, you know, mixtapes with original music the tapes that almost got DJ Drama locked up. So I understand the allure of these tapes, you know, and some of them were great, some of them weren't that great, you know. I'm not going to go listen to Obi Trias rapping over Watch the Throne beats because it's just going to make me want to listen to Watch the Throne. It reminded me of the John Connor mixtapes in 2014, the ones over the Kanye beats. I, I'm like, I just want to go listen to Late Registration or College Dropout. Like, I think that's okay. I don't think it means that Elza isn't a great rapper, and I don't think that means that this isn't a great fucking project. It's just that no one could touch the microphone to me after Nas. Like, he melted the microphone. And I think that on here, Elzai is about as close as people are going to get. You know, that the thing that, that kind of annoyed me a little bit was that he, try, he stayed too true to the original. You know what I mean? Like, he comes in with Nas's, like, intros, and then he goes in his own direction. And I'm like, well, I kind of wish he'd gone... But anyway, it's just me nitpicking. It's it's just me being silly. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, I think his lyricism on here is is next level. I really do. And it does not surprise me that this tape picked up so much buzz. And it was still five, five years until we get his next project. So, bro, I mean, yeah. How do you feel about this project? Your track is Memory Lane, by the way. Um, so yeah, I I love this. I, I love this. I feel like, and, and I want to ask you this. So the Obi Trice one, for example, was that good? Like, was it objectively good? No. Okay, right. That's uh, that's kind of. I'm glad you said that. Really glad. It really hangs on everything. <laughs> I'm hanging everything on that one point right there. The fact that this it's not bad. Is it's like, not bad, but it's it's not not Elmatic but, level, you know. Yeah. So the fact that this like just passes the bar like and not just and in my mind does far more than that um should be applauded in itself like you know the re i i'm very surprised that people don't hail this mixtape up as like and this is like you know in the height of the you know dat piff era kind of stuff i'm surprised people don't talk about this enough like you guys talk about you know uh i don't know cushion oj or you know any dedication tapes or whatever you know you're not talking about all these mixtapes and nobody mentions this and i'm just wondering why it just doesn't it just confuses me um in if you if you guys don't think this is good then that's your prerogative but i highly doubt that most people think this is like at least a minimum uh, a solid piece of work um i for one love the production on here shout to will sessions on that front i feel like he you know, did a great job on, like, keeping the essence of what every track was, but also just, like, you know, making it 
uh, you know, making it a unique thing. Like the 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 keys on the on the world is yours at the end there, where it's just like a minute of just like just keys jamming is fucking wonderful. I love that to death. Um, and uh, the extent and the and the outro on uh, one love as well. Uh, it's just great. It's it's really great, and I I just really enjoy that notion of it. Um, you know. Uh, I, I just, I just, yeah, I, just, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just really fucking enjoy the. I, I do feel like uh, the verbal course part two of the Detroit Stay Mind remix is kind of just unnecessary in my mind. I feel like if you just stopped at the whole ten track thingy going on, um, obviously represent has an intro as well. So you know, sure, but I feel, I feel like after the P Rock shout, um, it's kind of just like you could just kill it there. That's I'm fine with that. That's just me again, like in the way you're doing it nitpicky. Um, but yeah, man, this is just superb. Like, what the fuck? Like this is a, mm. like the, this is a ri- the fact that you just take your mic and even try this is a mm. risk enough. And the fact that it's good, like fuck, fucking hell, bro. Credit where credits do. This, like, this is where you I could was, like you could get rinsed. You this could yeah, be like yeah, bro. Imagine your, your death imagine, as an MC. It could be your death imagine. as an MC. Yeah. But he didn't Shit, die. bro. Shit. Like, yeah, he's crazy, man. It may, like, you know, people do, people, this is why people get so pissy over, like, film reboots. Because they're garbage most of mm. the time. And they're just like, oh, it's not the, like, the original. Da, 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 da. Bro, this is good. This is really freaking good. Okay? Uh, and I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to play the game. Is this better? Like, that's not the game we're playing here. So that's not, there's no point playing that game. Okay? That's not the point of the game. That's not the point of it, right? Not the point at all. Um, but fuck me, man. It's good. It's, like, it's great. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the whole thing. Like, he goes off on it. Uh, pick a track for me before you go. Represent. Represent. Okay, I'm just going to say represent. Represent, represent. Represent is the best beat on Illmatic. Oh, I, I was I was going to pick the track that I, I, I know you said you said that to me once. And I, I thought it was Memory Lane, but it was Represent. Okay, all right, fine enough. I disagree, but I see where you come from. Well, I'm gonna do the memory. Lane I keep, thing. I keep, I my, honestly, I keep changing. I keep, I change over the years. Like at first, when I first ever, like first yeah, listened to it, too. it was the world is yours for me, and then it was like it ain't hard to tell, and then for a minute I had like one love. Yeah, it, it keeps changing for me. Like how right you, now? <laughs> I don't know. How are you dancing to Illmatic? I'm dancing to Illmatic when I'm with. I'm like, I was listening to Illmatic, and I'm like dancing to the beats. I'm like. How did they? Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do memory lane. Um, I'm gonna start off top. He says, "I'm trying to get to memory lane, but wonder should I take the train of thought or hop in a mental plane? I don't stay far, but this is a place you can't get to in your car. Travel, standing still, it's bizarre, but there you are, like you never left. Back in junior high with your report card, trying to make a B out of the letter F. It's <laughs> like so true." Maybe that was me around the time that my brother was six before I got my first job and my mother was sick. It's like she never needed chemo. Her hair looks long, flowing. Sometimes it just feels wrong going. But then every corner that you slung, hung out with your dead homie slung. But now they got breath in their lungs, looking forever young before they were stressed. In here they only dress in nothing less than gas, Timberland, Tommy Hill, Rockports and a Pele. I reach down and grab a beer pee while I'm searching for my Sally. A beeper, beeper, beeper. Damn, did I hear bump and grind? That was the jam at the reunion with the fam in front of the cam. I'm trying to kick it with my first chick. I use my mum's infinity. This will be the twelfth time I lose my virginity. Shit was the truth. <laughs> <Such> <laughs> like, <a> bro, <laughs> there's bars here everywhere that just I'm one. listening to, and I'm just that. like, 
This is fucking true. This is just so oh man, like it's it's great. It's well, it's, it's great. honestly lyricist is just yeah. Anyway, yeah, fucking amazing. Uh, right, represent all of these first two right here. This, this is great. Uh, they call me L, only a type of legal, uh, your legal type of fella. Bong smoker, pipe inhaler, keep a strong poker face. Playing my cards right, fuck a case. Cops will run in your place for a hard white, treat you wrong, poke you with a nightstick. I know these snitches turn, in fact, I'm smelling a rat and the aroma is quite thick. They shut down your light, a lick, bright quick, charging you with shit that might stick. Thought you was Frank White slick, the joke's on, all you little niggas with locks on. Counting your figures, down in liquors, getting your smokes on, representing for the hood, putting your city on the map. Young girls throw they throw they kitty. And the titties on your lap catch you slipping while you're tricking. Stick the clip in to get paid and you leave <laughs> and leave you sicker mm. than the AIDS symptom. Mm. They play your man like fools. Feel the heat from the tools. Empty your wallet. Take off your jewels. You know the rules. Oof. Fuck. Tough, man. Super tough. Lead, lead Super poison. Tough. Lead poison. Um, yep, here we go. Deep. So, so depression struck, man. Depression struck. And he told XXL this. He said... Those five years were just me trying to better myself on a human level, trying to escape my demons and look at life the way I'm supposed to. So it's a combination of that and making music, just trying to get myself together. I want to speak on this quickly because in an interview where he spoke about how difficult it was when Elmatic hit and everyone was loving it, but he was struggling to feel anything at all. You could sense this confusion as how to make sense of his own world. You know, if all the Mm. colors had been sucked from it and he was stuck with just shades of gray, now, reading his words impacted me on a deep level, and I'm very curious. I was I was very curious um, when I was reading his words to know how he pulled himself into a space where he could actually write and record an album. He said he was dealing with deep writer's block during these five years, one that threatened to derail his entire career. And I've heard him say a few times in different places what helped him most was not being afraid of writing, but to simply write with no pressure to write about his experiences, not necessarily poetry or bars, but just getting words down on paper. And as you know, we've just highlighted, Elzai is an intricate, ornate lyricist. Like these lyrics, like it's insane. And so he can't just come and, yeah, he can't just put anything out. There's this pressure on him, I feel, for him to write something on that level. And I feel like you know, what he said about just getting words down on paper is very true. And I think it can spark something deeply innate in a good or a great writer. You know, a new story or a new way of telling that story emerges. And, um, you know, he speaks about finding his his spirituality, uh, about how he said that you got to look at things through a spiritual way. That means going deeper, cutting through the surface and fabric of reality and accept what that really is. Once you understand that anything being thrown at you is beneficial, then it will change the way you look at life. And I'm going through my own deep writer's block right now, and that's not a new thing for me at all. In fact, the reverse is true. Like, not being in a writer's block is rare for me. And I'm a decent writer. Like, I'm okay. I've written for DJ Booth, Complex, uh, Wall Street Journal, Pigeons and Planes, Universal. There's a few, man. There's a few. I've got a few in my back catalog. And when I do get on these, these like, writing kind of creative spurts, 
I create decent articles. But when I started my interview series earlier this year, I was super excited because I was able to write again and I felt really empowered. And then ironically, it was my Kembe X interview that broke me. And I say ironic because he said something very similar to what Elzai says here about recognizing it's important to stay centered in the midst of great turmoil and to allow experiences to happen, good and bad, and to transform them after not during, transform the meaning of them after they've happened. And, you know, like what Kembe and Elzai said rings true for so many people I know that have suffered through mental health issues. It's not that it's going to magically disappear. It's a hard-fought battle. And Elzai told Vibe he wants to write books about winning his battle with depression. And I don't think it's about eradicating depression. And we know from Lead Poison and his next record that that's not how it works. And he said this uh, to Vibe. He said, there were so many people that came to me like my mom passed and I heard your version of Memory Lane and I totally relate and it got me through this and it got me through that. And so that's when I started to realize the power of what we do as MCs, to be able to have that soapbox, to be on that soapbox and say what we want to say. Now, some people misuse their power and they don't really understand their power like that. But once you understand it, you would watch some of the things that you say. Now, that quote is absolutely key and pivotal to what I'm going to say at the end about Elzai's solo career. So remember that. But he told XXL that he wanted this album to be as whimsical as Tim Burton or life imitating art like Larry David or creating a loose concept like Slick Rick would do. Um, the final poem, which is called The Turning Point, uh, he said that the writer wrote the poem about Elzai and he included it. I, The name of the writer is Thabasili Griffin. Thabasili Griffin. I really apologize if I've got that name wrong. Um, I didn't even really want to attempt that because I knew I'd probably get it wrong. But um, he said this about his own turning point. He said, the turning point was when I decided to turn my poison into medicine, using my writing as an outlet to get the poison out of me, making that decision and letting fans know what's really happening. And I felt like I owed them that. But the reason I didn't before is, it's the nature of the game. Everyone want to try and have that reputation like everything's cool. So I was sort of embarrassed to let that out. But I felt like it was for people all over the world who were going through their little situations. Again, another key pivotal quote. Um, and I read an article on DJ Booth yesterday uh, about Kanye West interviews after he released Ye in 2018. And Kanye said, this is the beginning of the conversation. And the writer said, no, it is not the beginning of that conversation. Artists have been having this conversation for decades. Scarface, Redman, Tupac, Beanie Siegel, Elzai, Eminem, Royce. You know, Lead Poison is just another entrance into a deeply powerful section of hip hop. Uh, and Elzai adds his own spin and... This is an intricate and dense project. You know, February is a stunning lyrical display. Cloud, introverted. You know, these deal with alcoholism, these legal battles, you know, not being able to pay your bills. Alienated is a very challenging listen. Egocentric might be my favorite song on here, you know. Jay-Z tried to kill his ego off on Kill Jay-Z in 2017 before later saying on the album, sometimes you need your ego. But ego is central to so much in hip-hop, you know, so much imagery and so much lyricism. And Elzai said this of egocentric, egocentric is my ego getting in the way and controlling my movements. It's me trying to get control of my ego. Your ego builds you up and tears you down. I'm seeing things online. People talk crazy. And to hear people talk crazy, um, like old L would have been on some other shit, but I'm new L. I'm trying to get the old back. I'm trying to be a better person, a lot more positive. So that was me struggling, being in a battle with my ego. 
This is his second studio album as a solo act, man. This is this is not the way to build a mainstream fan base. And that's what I love about it. And that was proven even further with the Kickstarter controversy. He attempted to finance the album through Kickstarter, and whilst he did raise 37k, he was actually accused of scamming people because people were like, "Why the fuck would we, you know, kick, you know, he actually said in an interview with XXL, he said people assumed that he was like on a yacht somewhere, like, you know, living it up." But he was not. He was struggling financially. And so I think that sums the album up. This was no cash grab. You know, this was no dip into spirituality and dip out. Elzai lived through this shit. He lived through this shit for a long fucking time to get to this point. And this album is fucking stunning. This is an incredible record. And I'll give you, I think, um, maybe give you Alienated. Okay. I was actually going to give you egocentric, funny enough. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, I want to mention one track in particular because I feel like you've uh, covered a lot of them um, and obviously album in essence. So uh, if, if there's any track I'd recommend is Hello because uh, I have never listened to a concept track, album, whatever, concept anything, music-wise, where the whole concept of the track is like the song talking as the song if like like Elsa is the song if that makes any sense it's like it's 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 I, I i that's the only way i could explain it but it's just super surreal to listen to um jesus christ let me let me get let me get into a little bit of it cuz I, I i mean it's so the whole thing, the whole album is so dense, but also so listenable. Like I rarely find that you mentioned, like you know, uh, the Scarface of the world, and that's um, that's a really good uh, comparison. Um, I can't wait to get into Scarface when we eventually do, because um, I, I feel like <clears throat> I feel like whenever when people when t- when people know about Scarface, um, they really put him up there. Like and I feel like the people that don't put Scarface up there on their on their personal list is because they haven't listened to Scarface yet. Um, it's one of those. So and I, I feel like you know Elzai's really come through that kind of thing. Uh, here it's super personal and you know just the introspection is just on ten right now. Um, but it's also just a you know really good listen. Like, you know, just a really objectively good listen. Like, there's, there's there's albums out there that are similar to this that's just really... Th- that you don't kind of don't want to listen to it again because it's just, like, really depressing or just really... Or maybe too true. I don't know. Like, you know, one of those kind of things. Um, uh, But, yeah, Hello is crazy. Like, just even the... Okay, so on the outro, basically, he's going, like, uh, you know, excuse me, you're still there. Uh... Are you still there? Are you still there? Can you get me out of here? The song about to go off. I gotta wait until I gotta wait till you play this again. <laughs> like literally, it's, it's such a crazy concept. The whole song of just like he's writing in, he's writing as the song, so to speak, and just like basically how people aren't listening to him enough, basically. Uh, but yeah, it's, cra- it's a crazy track. But yeah, like even something like even at the end, I feel like comes across very nicely in something like Keep Dreaming. There's obviously just a you know it comes across as like a, I'd say a good ending. I'd say um, you know kind of a yeah it, it feels like he's come through the the storm so to speak, uh, come out of the storm on that track. So listening to that, 
I listened to that twice because I was um because I was in my bed listening to it and then and then it turned off and I was like is that the last track because I was really just a nice finish so I listened to it again and I was just like damn that was really nice um so yeah but um let me go let me go on alienate right quick and uh, you can do a egocentric I think like. He just says, because the first verse is his ego, right? It basically yeah, is his ego that. the whole the way yeah, through. I love it. He says, got your blunt lace while blowing reds to think I'd catch booze on stage that go in kegs. Your imagination is growing legs. My back's growing eyes for unknowing spies that cut off annoying tires faster than a Boeing flies. I'm showing wise guys. I'm wise men. Skies bend while I'm there pulling lies out of thin air. For 10 square miles, so when pushing the pen, this felt like a pierced cushion with red red dowels, resembling piers indeed. The flow sounds sicker, it goes down quicker than a 10 speed when disassembling gears. You tremble when fear's about to consume your thought. It will rip a room apart to truth through your human heart. You're mystified from what exists inside. A jekyll is Mr. Hyde, bigger fish to fry. Whilst our wrists were tired, you're stressed and couldn't be the best man. Standing by your sister's side while she kissed her bride. Question, should I come hard and kill everyone or be positive? As an AIDS test, sensitive. Like, it's just, bro. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's that that concept is amazing that concept on that song is is amazing i love it yeah i i i feel um you know i feel like there's uh you know kind of it reminds me of like uh, stuff that kendrick does um uh, in the like in more recent works it kind of it was very reminiscent of that when i was listening to it um you know just like switching up like perspectives you know and stuff like that it's, i love i love it when people i love when i just like switch up the the perspective into something that's you know just not uh obviously can't speak for itself but like yeah it's, it's i love it uh right alienated uh i love this i love his second verse this is great uh very um and i love the uh, i think the best thing about this whole track is the uh is the space imagery and uh, just dimensions of space um, which obviously give off the alien part of it, and that's why it's in caps. Uh, see, in my past life, <clears throat> I could have been a quasar off the radar. For now, I've been sleeping inside of J-Car. Waking up while curious neighbours peep through their windows is why I always pen and flows in hopes I'll land on my ten toes. I'll wipe the cold from my eyes, then I peel so I can steal the Wi-Fi while you apply fries with your meal. <laughs> Download some tracks, then I park somewhere on the block and dip. Hang, hair hangs out my scully, gen, jeans are faded and the pockets rip. Out in the burbs so I get strange looks, while I think of concepts, write verses, arrange hooks. Downside streets where houses are enormous, I pray one day I'll afford it, and that I'll find inspiration to keep moving forward. Until I stumble into someone that truly makes me feel out of place, maybe I belong somewhere in outer space. Mingling with the stars, getting some sun, catching some electromagnetic waves, that would be fun. I just, I just love it. I love a, I love I love the... a quasar reference in a in a in a rap yeah. song. I love a quasar. Uh, I, yeah, I love that word. That word quasar. quasar. It's a, it's a very spacey. Um, yeah, man. Just the, just the, the 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 present nature of it, where it just feels very now. Like at this, as he's writing this, this is exactly what's happening. You know what I mean? It's just it's so day in the life element to it, um, and it's. You know, obviously, think, fascinating thinking about it uh, for you know just an artist of this magnitude and of this uh, and of this level to be talking like this of 
you know, of just being out in the streets, getting strange looks while he's trying to do work and, you know, trying to get stuff done, uh, you know, trying to, trying to build and, you know, also praying that he will afford a home, uh, or one of those big, big homes, you know what I mean? Um, and then just like thinking about space, which, um, always, uh, catches my eye, but yeah, fascinating track and just a top tier album. Absolutely absurd. Yeah. So then we get, uh, seven times down, eight times up and another four years and another independent album and this record picked up a lot of accolades hip-hop golden age who we obviously love on this podcast ranked at number eight of their 2020 albums pop matters had a number 11 on the hip-hop list uh production entirely from jr swift's his interviews around this record are really simple and focused heavily on the intricacy and the technical ability that was certainly something that he wanted to highlight i think this record is adept as anything he's put out and what i really love about certain mcs and i've said this about benny a few times for example i've said this about a few mcs the way they can say something in a way that no one else has ever said or could ever say it that's what i love about it like he opens early bird night owl with look i don't do this by the way i think this album is his best lyrical performance in his entire career he opens this this track with interesting look i don't deal with peons i beat him to the punch like i'm leon spinks my ink links neon. Love that. Yep. Love it. In this colorless world seen in black and white while lacking sight, you ego tripping. I hope you pack and light and back tonight because I drag you back to earth and pause it. If you're with the shiz, then you should wear it if the drawers fit. I'm still tighter than the claustrophobic in the mosh pit. And the bad to the bone is the skeletons in your closet. Um, on potential, he raps, I dodge the same rocks that left Christ bruised. Like... How does a human brain come up with these things? Off Masterclass, the information embedded is priceless. Those who worry headed, they get shredded, get slices, never dreaded this crisis. Like he goes from embedded into worry headed into dreaded. Like your dreadlocks are drawn tight to your head, makes them look like they're embedded. Like the whole section prior to this, right? That's a little section from that song. That's a little section. That's one little section from a concept. And the concept is... I came here to school, y'all. Welcome to the master class. Better catch it once the jewel fall. This is annual. Besides a good book with John, Peter, and Nathaniel. There's the manual. You can't visually process it. Your arm's too short to flip through the literature. It would turn every fingertip blue from miniature to a mega monstrosity. Touching this copy and blood bearing my signature. The information embedded is priceless. Those who worry headed, they shredded, they get slices. Never dreaded this crisis. They should have learned the do's and don'ts. So I write this like, ugh. I had to include all 14 bars there because he starts thoughts so high up in the song. But there's like two or three narratives running concurrently. Now you notice how each bar has like self-contained punchlines and messages, but they all fully fit the overarching theme and it's mind-boggling. And I think the production is up and down on here. Um, smoke and mirrors mm, sounds like a bit of a that. yeah. Smoke and mirrors sounds like a bink type beat on YouTube. Like I I don't know that you know it's it's not that great. Potential is dull. I think Jason is a bit of a mess. Uh, I think early night owl, early bird night owl kind of sounds like a Pete Rock and CL Smooth song they left in the sun too long. But <laughs> outside of that, I think it's solidly produced. I think um, I think too often the beats push Elza into a corner. And, um, you know, like what else could he do on Ferndale or Guns and Boats or G.O.D., which really didn't need the singing that song. But I think it's a small criticism. Um, I think the album is, is very good. I think it's probably his best lyrical display. There are just, 
this is a meal. This is a this yeah. is a meal. This. Yeah, I remember. I remember listening to this when it came out, and I have the exact same thoughts while listening to it because I actually initially forgot if I because I remember I didn't put it on my list. And I was like, why didn't I put it on my list? Um, so listening to it again, it made it was clear again, and uh, it just came back to me immediately. Uh, well, not immediately, but uh, by the end, it came back to me. At some point, it did anyway. Uh, in the middle. Yeah, I just feel like you 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 mentioned the beats, and I feel like they let him they let the album down a lot. Um, while I will probably agree that it's probably lyrically his best, um, I just it's it's just one of those albums I'd rather read than listen to, I guess. And also, like I I you know in the foolish intro and uh, you know the end of God and Jason, like the 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 out the. The I guess uh, I don't know if it's him or like somebody else that voice. I just don't care for it that hard to be honest. Um, On God, like the you know you know yeah. when like you just get that that dude talking. Is, it doesn't say that? it doesn't say who's talking. Yeah, I don't know who it is, but like every time that that voice comes up, I just like I'm just it kind of just kills it for me. It kills the vibe. Is that Elzai uh, singing it, on that song too? Is that the song where there's is that Elzai singing or the guest? Um, on what? G-O-D, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, or is that Monica Blair? I'm assuming it's Monica. Okay. I wouldn't see why she's featured in any other fashion. No. So, yeah, um, I'm assuming it's no, that. But, fair. yeah, just just the outro, like, um, you know, it, it kind of... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's... You have the chorus, right, which is, you know, it's several times saying G-O-D and then it has different types of G-O-Ds. Whereas it's like, K- it's like K-O-D, but... Um, yeah, it's it, wow. It's it's just like Harry the. Um, so you know, he goes gold, oil, and diamonds. Uh, gram ounces for drug sales. Uh, guns, office, and dollars. Uh, and then he says it a couple times more. And then the outro comes where it's just like, now these girls want every motherfucking thing. I remember when you, all you could have was God, good old dick. They want everything <laughs> now. God, shit, that's what a bitch want. Every motherfucking thing. Sure, you don't even know what God is no more. Uh, bitch told me I want the purse of the boots. I was like, bitch, who told you I was getting the purse? Like, wh- what? Yeah, what, I are remember you, that. what are you doing here? Like, it's a hot, it's a good track, and then you just know. killed the and it just killed it, killed it for me. Like, and it just, it just happens, it happens every time it comes up. Like, you know, at the start of the album, at the end of the album, I'm just not, in, I'm not really into that much. I actually, probably, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's irritating. It's irritating. But that's, that's the only. That and the production kind of just listed down for me, but I feel like it's one of those albums that I just would rather read than listen to, honestly. Um, mm. With that with that said, I'll give you a uh, light one, right one as a track. Um, but yeah, man. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. give you uh, I um, I Guns and Boats. Guns and Boats. I keep seeing Guns and Roses in my head. Like, I didn't see Boats. Well, I'm trying to find... I'm, I'm going to try and find a bit that you haven't referenced yet, um, since you... Practically wrapped the whole album in ten minutes, but uh, you know, <laughs> <Lol>. <laughs> you, you can you can go first. By the way, <laughs> I mean, look, this is <laughs> if you have anything. But no, I just want to say something quickly on that. This is the same person who was part of the group that said, "I want your clit in a special way." <laughs> so like, <laughs> oh, I'm never gonna, gonna live that bit down, bro. Never it's gonna, gonna crop. It, never gonna live it down. That's gonna crop into my mind. It's gonna crop back Singed. up. Every time, every time we mention some vintage now, I'm just gonna say clip. <laughs> a special way, though. In a special way. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? In a special oh, way, bro. Shit. What the fuck? What is that? I love it. 
I fucking love it. It's oh, so glorious. Uh, like it's just honestly, I wouldn't roast it. So I wouldn't roast that all all, the, all that shit so much if you didn't say that they literally tried to make it for yeah, women. Yeah, for women. It just that just that just that. If it wasn't if they didn't say that, I would not even roast it that hard because I could just consider it any other just rap shit. But the fact that they aim for women with stuff like that just is fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, it's women just hilarious. Imagine whispering that into it. someone's ear. <laughs> Oh, God. Ben. <laughs> I can't even do it. Say the lyrics, bro. I can't even do it. <laughs> That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Let's bring, let's bring this home. Fucking up. So I'm just going to go off top from this because I think the thing about it is like you can just pick any section from an Elzai song and it's pretty much going to it's gonna hit. So he raps, I just fired one up. Now I'm in the zone. Sometimes I write inside my head and leave my pencil and pen alone. My eyes got big when hearing Big did the same thing. Also, Sean Carter's because they both became king. Now, dare I say that one day I'll be in the conversation of who's great. Those who punch below their weight don't want a confrontation. Just blaze when the sets roll. I could be Haley's comment in a vessel. If I wasn't, would life be so stressful? I don't know. I think dead ends are new beginnings to grow. Like five on the black hand side taking pride in your throw. During Jim Crow, just let it Jim go. Did you catch it? I hope it was caught by some kid whose parents got divorced and they think it's their fault. Don't carry with that, that with you as an adult. It could make you depressed from your subconscious head in the vault. Believe me, I know that ain't on the down on the low low. I put myself in this song. You don't picture me as strong. You got the wrong photo. Like it just goes in so many different directions. <laughs> Everywhere. It goes from like Covers Biggie so and Jay Z not rapping, their, not writing their lyrics down to Jim Crow. So then, like, oh, you know, like, trauma. Like, it's yeah. unbelievable, man. It's just a, <laughs> that just... covers so much ground. That covers so much ground. Jesus Wild. Um, just uh, uh, just going to try and find something in there. Is this all Fez Rock, by the way? Wait, say again. On Guns and Boats. This is all Fez Rock. Oh, does he not even rap on that song? I don't think he does, you know. I think it's all Fez Rock. Shit, go to the next one. Why does why is there no fails on that? I don't know. Hmm. It says it says Fezrock. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't next. Know, I don't remember particularly. But anyway. Go um, thugged out zombies. <laughs> I love the name. It's great. It's, it's, great song. It's, it's glorious. Great it's song glorious name. name. Ain't, I ain't believe it and why would I? Because when you die, goodbye, that's it. Weeks later, I'm seeing videos from New Orleans. One from Chirac, Staten Island, and two foreign countries. The rumors started spreading through my city how kids was getting blasted. And then the climbing outside their casket, eating brains, attacking anyone in sight. In eyesight, we crack jokes. They come here, we making sure they die right. We had a laugh, gave my man a pound, and kept it pushing. Uh, back to the grind, where you, where you always where you can always find a, a slang of Kush and pills. As usual, we see Marcus, the neighbourhood fiend, my man about to serve him up for the dollar bills. Soon as I thought to myself, he looked strange from close range. He bit a chunk out of my man's throat before the exchange. That's when it all changed. He was leaking out the neck. Marcus tackled to the ground. I grabbed the tech because I'm, as I'm spraying lead into his, into his back, I notice there's no bloodshed. He got off up uh, my nigga who's dead uh, after uh, and come after me before I shot him in his head and left him there like a fucking newborn made me god how my man went out hit me crazy hard tears fell staring at his body in disbelief then I seen him moved I seen him moved I clutched the shotty <clears throat> it's like it's like any zombie film but just like super deep it's like it's like a zombie film if you actually wanted to think about it properly 
Like I, when I, I remember watching. This is a random tangent. Well, it's not a random tangent, but it's a tangent. Um, and then we can just go into uh, just to finish off. Um, but I remember watching Walking Dead, and it really annoyed me of how fine everyone was. I, I just, and I, I don't mean like. Yeah, I do mean that. I, they just seemed so fine with it, and I guess there comes a there comes a point, right, where. You know, something's happened, and you're just used to it, right? As a desensitization, you're just like, all right, yeah, it's just killing, pe- it's just you know, just shanking, shanking people and zombies in the same way as you're uh, uh, in in a thick jungle, just uh, you know, chopping down some, uh, chopping down uh, branches, right? Same thing. But I kind of feel like they just missed the whole thing, and I feel like this is where the games. While I haven't played the games, I've seen people play them, um, like the Telltale games, and when you watch those. Or when you play those, like there's just some super deep shit. Like you and and it's obviously because you have to make the decisions as well that kind of puts you into that mindset. And you you know you either feel bad that you did something or you don't whatever. Um, it adds to that. But when you watch the show, it's just like so blech. It's just, it's just like oh right, it's, it's this like and when they you know there's only a couple of characters in there that I actually didn't mind. Most of them I just really couldn't care about. And that's where the show struggled for me and why I stopped fucking with it. That was my TED talk on why I don't like Walking Dead, by the way, and why I feel like every single moment of that was a waste of time for me. Um, but when it comes to this track, you know, just the fact that he goes, you know, uh, you know, crack jokes and then he looks strange, pulls out a chunk, and then he's basically saying, uh, this this line right here, bruv, like a fucking newborn made me God, how my man went out crazy, hit me crazy hard. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like you'd be thinking about that a lot if, like, you know, there's just a zombie apocalypse going on, and you know, the, just the homies, like, the homie gets clipped, uh, gets bitten on. Um, you know, there's a lot of films that do that. Um, you know, Shaun the Dead does it. Um, well, pretty much any zombie film does it. Oh no, my person, I like, you know, got bit. Now they're gonna die. You know, uh, I Am Legend does that very hard. Fucking with the dog. Oh my gosh. I I still yeah. haven't watched that film. I still I, no. I can't watch that film. I literally it's good. It's good. I know. But it's, I I, um... I I can't watch past that. I I've never watched past that scene. Like I just I've no, I don't know what I don't even know what happens at the end of it. I just I just uh, I remember watching my mum my sister was watching it and I was about to go to bed and they just and then the dog scene came up and I was just like oh my what the fuck is going no no yeah, stop it and I was just like oh bro I can't do this I'm gonna stay <laughs> I I've not seen the film since. Not even touched it. I can't do it. It's just impossible for me. Like, bro, you're just strangling the dog, bro. Fuck. Oh, that's too deep. Too deep, bro. Too deep for me. But anyway, that's um, that was extreme tangent. Um, makes no, makes no sense. It makes no reason. Uh, there's no reason for you guys to listen to that unless you've seen The Walking Dead and I Am Legends. Be pretty much. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? That's actually really relevant because while you were talking, I was googling Five on the Black Hand side because he referenced it with relation to Jim Crow. And like I'm reading about it now, like I'm curious, and it's like Go on, that's that's what great music it. Well, it's a 1973. Oh, what? Just the fact that it gets you learn him. Yeah, it's a 1973 comedy film that was like, it's a great film. Like it's meant to be as an antidote to the films of that era. And the film's tagline was says, "Now you're going to be glorified, unified, and filled with pride when you see five on the black hand side." And basically, like a lot of films around that time, obviously were just fucking racist as shit and so this song was you know it was not like that it was the exact opposite of that it was meant to unify and fill with pride so that that's just an example of you know just like oh they brought the dap 
Wow, they, they invented the dap. They invented the dap on, on Black Hand Side. Did they? Yeah, so it's a little linking on folk life. Uh, Five on the Black Hand Side is a project exploring gestur- gestural languages that were born in African American communities during the 1960s and 70s, including the dap and the Black Power Handshake. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. Listen to what he says. I think dead ends are new beginnings to grow, like Five on the Black Hand Side taking pride in your fro. <sighs> This guy is just—he's a genius, man. He's. A I genius. want to watch this film now. It's fascinating. Like, yeah, it looks the cool. fact that it was in the middle. It was the, so. This is in another tangent, but you'll understand. Like, this is in the middle of the seventies. So, uh, at the exact same time, literally the exact same year, stuff like Black Caesar and the Math, uh, the Mac, and Coffee with Pam Greer was out. Uh, that's all. That was all the same year, nineteen seventy-three. Mm-hmm. So this is in the the midst of black exploitation era, mm-hmm. where you know black artists were getting work, right, and they were getting films, but um, they weren't. They weren't obviously. They were obviously very, and it, and obviously this is very dependent on, you know, who you are and how you see, uh, you know, just um, people with uh, certain powers to make stuff, right, um. You know, they were very uh, audacious, right? And they were very, you know, go watch like five minutes of the Mac. Like it's 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 absurd. <laughs> it's it's kind of absurd, right? It's just thinking about it, right? But you know, if you're a black actor at that point, you you want work, and this and black exploitation films will get you work. So black exploitation is a very fascinating just uh, essence in um, or very fascinating category in film history in American film history. Um, I, it was one of the most, one of my my most favorite times in just like film studies, just learning about black exploitation films and watching. Bro, R.I.P. Melvin Van Peebles, um, who died a few a couple of months ago. I think it's Melvin. Is it Melvin? I think it's. it's I think I keep thinking it's Mar- Melvin or Melvin or Mario. But yes, yeah, it's Melvin, who created the Sweet Sweetbacks Badass song. If you watch ten, watch the first ten minutes of that film, you will never see anything like it. Honestly, just the first 10 minutes. That's just a recommendation. But anyway, Elzai. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what Elzai does, right? And that was fascinating. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. That's why I love it. That's why, that's why that's I love good... hip-hop in general. But, yeah. but, like, I just want to say, I don't have to clean it up much at all. I don't have to summary it. When I say clean it up, I, like, summarize the whole thing. Yeah, finish up this I point. I think, teasing. without what he went through and without Slum Village and without, like, if he had just done a solo career from 98 to, what, 08, and it was just solo work... Would we the ever have gotten totally different? Yeah. Would we ever have gotten this? No. Nope. Would we ever have gotten nope. like as he said, getting exactly. up on his soapbox yep. and talking about? And Perfect. so, fuck, man. I mean, how could you ever criticize or say there's a missed opportunity when we ended up with this? Like fucking nice. genuine art, and that's it. There's there's no other way to say it. It's it's amazing. You've got me grinning from ear to ear thinking about that. Honestly, that was that was so good. Like that that was a great just thread throughout the episode. That's what, that's the best thread you've ever fucking done. That was great. Oh, that was outstanding. I thought you were literally thinking about it. I was just like, well, no, he had a career. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, would he have ever done this absolutely top tier shit, introspective as sh- as fucking hell, and like you know, for, and getting us to talk about black exploitation films. Uh, which is fucking amazing for me personally. Uh, yeah, you know, that's, uh, fuck, clap up Ben one time. Let me do a Nori. Clap it up for Ben one time. Clap it up for Ben. <laughs> Thank you. Give it up for Ben. Fucking hell, happy. Was, I'm happy with that one. I, I, was, think, I, uh, I was OP. I was OP. You kept me on Ted Hooks on that one. I was, I was literally wondering, like, what's he, what's he even coming through? Like, what's, what's, this thing? what's the thread? Love it. Fucking love it, mate. 
Good app. Fucking love it. Good episode. Good freaking episode. Do you have a light note? No, I don't have a light note this week. Or my okay, Sims good. vinyl came. Hey, with the wrong colour. Which one have you got? The yellow and black, bro. Uh, I got the yellow and uh, red. Yeah, but there's no red in the thing. you got to get the yellow and black because she's wearing this, this black and yellow. That's the colour scheme, bro. Well, why has she got a, a red one? I don't know. It jars, but she, but uh, honestly, bro, she has so many. This is, I, I, I talked about this on, um, I talked about this on what's good the other week. It's um, oh yeah, back. I need to, I need. Oh, you know what? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I'll give you that. Yeah, I totally forgot about the back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking fair at it now. But yeah, no, she also has like a, she also has like a white one as well, which confused me because Ooh. I was just like that. I got that on grey area, uh, the white one. So I was just like, why is introvert also has a white version i just feel like there should be purpose to them but um yeah she has like several versions uh and i talked about that i talked about it on ditd because um apparently there's like a shortage or there's like a wait on you know certain vinyl plants because adele bought like 500k yep. um and basically backs up everybody else um but you know the industry's saying like you know don't blame adele because you know she's put she's got you know she's made an order um you know blame streaming which is you know obviously always the Always the uh, always the thing to come to, um, but uh, that's actually a perfect term. I meant to, I, I wanted to mention this. Um, so housekeeping, just on the housekeeping front, on the five pm front, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so obviously we're continuing DITD for the rest of the, uh, for the you know and well you know till till the till one of us dies, I guess. <laughs> See how it's going. Um, till the end of time, and uh, so on December for the next month uh, until the end of the year, there will be no what's good if you guys ever if you any of you have migrated onto my side onto the purple side of the of the 5 vpn force um but i am dropping uh, episodes on uh, 5 vpn radio so if you have a spotify account uh please go give that a spin i've got uh, episodes dropping every thursday in place of what's good so it's gonna be something dropping 5 vpn related um on thursday 1 p.m gmt as always gonna be doing some chin with charlie uh playlists on that front got some real good shit going on there i've done a few already uh they're already uh, teed up and uh yeah i've just got a couple more to do and that'll be that um oh wait i just realized there's oh that's that's november there we go december has five weeks there you go that makes sense one two three four five yeah um and yeah so there's that um locking off isos um for the for december as well which is probably good uh, because uh, we've had a lot of scheduling issues in the past uh, month or so uh, for just extent of just crazy reasons, to be honest. Um, it's never the same reason. It's just absolutely absurd that it's all happening at the same time. Uh, but yeah, we're going to do one more episode, hopefully drop in uh, uh, literally the day after this episode of the ITV drops. Um, and then we'll be finishing up on the ISOS front on December uh, for the rest of December. So that's two shows. Um uh, 5vpn radio oh and also obviously 5vpn special which will obviously include um, everyone hopefully as many people as possible uh, ben of course uh, myself uh, you know the isos guys however many i can get on that front for one day uh, for a couple of hours and also tish from black women watch as well so that'll be fun and uh, yeah so uh, that's pretty much the docket for the next month um 5vpn related just wanted to drop all that uh drop all that news um just ahead of time so with that said we shall leave it there ladies and gentlemen for on the fifth m podcast network i'm uh this has been dinging digits so if you enjoyed this episode nearly did the what's good outro uh i have been charlie taylor of the fifth element 
I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. Next week, we are doing a one album retrospective, just one album. It's a compilation album. And we'll leave you at that. And we'll leave it there. You, you can feel free to guess. Um, with that said, we hope you have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me, music for the show. It's piece of video games for bonus points. Says it's your breakers for bit use. Social Swift Element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and your breakers via the full show notes wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth film podcast now production. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time. Digging in the digits. <laughs>